This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report, episode 238, September 13th, a Wednesday evening here. I am Will Byram, joined as always by my co-host Trevor Hulin. We at the Door Report here are sponsored by, what are we doing? Hewlin. Hewlin. I screwed it up again, <laughs> damn it. It's okay. It's, it's a been process. a long week. It's a process. It's I hump day. You. Damn it. I, I forgive it you. already. Let's keep it rolling. Here at the Door Report, we are sponsored by... Corey Perkins of Parks Realty. I pronounced all of those words correctly. That was great. Great job. If you are a first-time home buyer or looking to buy a home in the Nashville area, Corey Perkins is your man. You can reach out to Corey via text or phone call at 615-967-8623, or you can reach out to Corey via email at Perkins at Realtracks.com. Realtracks spelled R-E-A-L-T-R-A. CS Trevor, we have an interesting episode here. We have the UNLV preview episode coming off a disappointing performance against Wake Forest. There's some interesting storylines, some interesting coincidences about this UNLV matchup, including their head coach. Trevor informed me before uh, of those, or not informed me, reminded me of the situation. So Trevor, I'm going to pass it to you. Who is the head coach of UNLV currently, and when was the last time Vanderbilt played him? Good old Barry Odom is the head football coach of the UNLV Rebels. Um, last time Vanderbilt played him was in 2019, as I'm sure most of you remember, whenever Vanderbilt got uh, that precious last SEC win before we went on an absolute dreadful, <laughs> <laughs> dreadful, dreadful drought before it gracefully ended. Um some unique parallels amongst this game uh, that I, th- I think we should bring up. That 2019 season that I'm sure all of us wish we could forget. Last time Vanderbilt played UNLV, they lost 2019. The very next game, Vanderbilt played Barry Odom and the Missouri Tigers and won when they were ranked. So last time we saw Barry Odom and last time we saw UNLV were 2019, even though he was not coaching uh, the Rebels. So, And I'll, now also, Vanderbilt arguably kind of demoted Barry Odom to the UNLV running Rebels. So you're welcome running Rebels or you're not welcome. Whichever direction you guys want to go right now, I think they're probably on the fence a little bit. Do you want another little interesting tidbit? Oh, yeah. The last time whenever Vanderbilt played UNLV, 
2019 that weekend i was on a bachelor party and i was watching the game from a bachelor party this weekend whenever vanderbilt plays unlv i will be on a bachelor party watching from a bachelor party <laughs> i don't know how to feel about this there's so many opposite vibes and so much Very opposite weird. juju going on right now trevor i don't know if you just cursed us or if you're blessing us but episode 238 now that i'm thinking about it might be loaded uh we got five star reviews that is back we asked you guys to give some funny five star reviews on our itunes page and the tdr listeners tdr nation of course they delivered there are some fantastic ones i'm just going to read off the five most recent ones and we'll continue that episode after episode we have a brief unlv preview the three keys to the game vanderbilt versus unlv and then me and trevor's predictions but before we get into that and much more don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at the door report like us on facebook subscribe to our youtube channel our podcast is available on itunes spotify and google podcasts and while you're at it give our podcast five stars and a review on itunes it's now time for breaking news another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trevor, we're back. It's time to get into the most important part of this episode, the five-star reviews. Thank you to everyone who has left a five-star review. I have not gone through and read these. This is a live read. Me and Trevor like to read these live for the first time. The people delivered, Trevor, from this first one, Will vs. Trevor. Will vs. Trevor spelled V-E-R-S-E, Will vs. Trevor. I don't know. Uh, like a Bible verse. And here comes it from Podge91. He says, I don't know who needs to hear this, dot, dot, dot. Okay, actually, I know exactly who needs to hear this. It's Will and Trevor. <laughs> when, you're com- when you're referring to a competitive matchup, the word is versus, not verse. But for real, these guys are fun and knowledgeable. They're a good listen. That must have been a pet peeve. Do we do that? Is that true? I mean, it is like the abbreviation. I know it's verses. Like, I know those are two different words. I know that. So we're supposed to be saying versus. We're supposed to be saying Vanderbilt versus. And we just say verse Vanderbilt versus UNLV. Yeah, I, I guess I, I have never thought about that. That's a valid criticism. That's more laziness. I know how to spell the word separately, but valid criticism. 
I'm gonna well, verse, thank you for the five star. Well, the way he spelled it, versus no, no, he's he's, oh, he's making it yeah. verse. Oh, yeah, like we're saying it. Yeah, oh. like we're saying it incorrectly. Gotcha. I was like, that's not how you spell verses. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the whole point. Oh, okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you now. We got to be smart here on team. That's what his name is. Pudge. Podge ninety one. Podge ninety one. Valid, valid criticism. We will. I'm gonna make a note of that yeah, right now. We're working on that, Trevor's writing it down. Phoebe's making a mental note, ripping up our chords. Uh, making sure we learn our lesson. Next up, we have Seals for President. The title of the review, We Love Ken. It says, the Ken Seals fan club have a good time and talk about the best QB in football history. Our beautiful boy. Thank you for the five star. <laughs> Our beautiful, beautiful boy. Do you, think that's a, do you think that's a Ken Seals family member? I think it's just a fan of the best quarterback in the country, the most gritty. I won't say the best, the most gritty quarterback. Ken definitely has like a he's cult up for, following. Yeah, he's up for think? grit of the year. Grit Not of the a, year. Grit of the year award. Think about implementing that, Clark and Barton. Next up, I can't read for some reason the full title of this, but it starts with New York Times of Podcasts, parentheses, but with dot, dot, dot. So I don't know if that's the full title or where that was if you going. you click on it, will it expand? No, it doesn't expand. Oh, uh, it's fine. from... Cole Khan, I think it's C-O-1-E-Con. I don't know. And here's the review. Thank you for the five stars. Says, every time Will and Trevor speak, every time Phoebe jumps onto the table, every time a cocktail cocktail hour goes unsponsored, a Vol <laughs> fan loses their checkered overalls. <laughs> a, a podcast so gritty that the mere sound of it is exfoliating. I don't think that was the correct one, like correct adjective there, but I, we're going to roll with it. The no, biggest Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm feeling it. The biggest thing to happen to Vandy Sports since Dan McGugan. Oh, this dude's dog. awesome. Dog. 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 Thank you Cole Con for the five stars. What a awesome. gritty review. That was a gritty review. Uh we'll read I'll read two more uh and then we will move on. Thank you everyone who wrote a five star. Yeah, we'll we love we'll you guys. continue down down reading these keep leaving those five stars on itunes it helps us out a ton next up we have sh i don't want to read that he says she's stacking oh. on my jerry in my house <laughs> that's that's the name of of the person that wrote this review says these boys are grit personified webster's defines gritty as courageously persistent or plucky these two gentlemen and their kitty are as plucky as they come. Trevor's relentless and often misguided optimism, balanced, <laughs> balanced by Will's calmness and existential threat of Commodore Dread, form the greatest podcast on God's green earth. Vanderbilt may break our hearts, but these boys do not. And then in parentheses, this is Axel, by the way. Anchor down. Axel, our Axel. boy. Dog, dog. Ooh. What right. a username, by Dude, the way. That's awesome. Incredible. That's great Shout username. Out Axel. A1, day one. All right, last one we're going to read. I think I know who this, this is from. A well-known heel. Our boy. Heel J. Will, the dog. He says, the title is A Revolution in Black and Gold. He says, the haters and non-believers, spelled B-E-L-E-A-V-E-R-S, of which there are many within and outside the Vanderbilt fan base. Want you to think that there is that there is no light at the end of the tunnel for Vanderbilt athletics. This podcast changes the narrative by returning passion and grit to a dormant fan base. Tune in and buy stock now because a revolution is happening and you do not want 
to be left behind. I absolutely Damn. love that. That Damn. was a great one. That got me fired. That up. was a great that shout a out. Great heel one. Jay will. Also, the next one, before you closed it out, it just simply said the boys are electric. The boys are electric. From one of my top five faith Commodores of all time, Will Kleinard. There we go. Shout out Will Kleinard. The pride of Robertson County. All right. Now it's time to get into a brief preview of UNLV. Uh, The line for this game started out. It opened up as Vanderbilt, a two-point favorite on the road, traveling to Vegas. Vanderbilt opened up as a two-point favorite. A little embarrassing to only be a two-point favorite over this UNLV team, but I kind of get it. Since then, the line has extended out. Vanderbilt's currently sitting, I believe, as a four-point favorite with an over-under of 59.5. Correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor. I have no idea. Anybody? I I haven't checked the line. I'm the degenerate. I already bet on them early in the week. I knew that line was going to expand out. Yeah, over-under at 59.5, according to DraftKings. Vanderbilt, a minus 205 money line favorite. Line, interesting. I expected Vanderbilt to probably open more like six and a half, but it's understandable after Vanderbilt's disappointing performance against their only Power 5 competition thus far this year and the disappointing performance against Hawaii. But we don't have anybody from the UNLV running Rebels joining us today on the preview, but we did dig in just a little bit. UNLV went 5-7 and seven last year in 2022, 3-5 in conference. So far this season in 2023, they are 1-1 one one with a win over their FCS opponent, Bryant, 44-14 in week one. And last week, they got donkey. I'm not going to say that word. They got dog stomped. I know what you're going to say. By the Michigan Wolverines, 35-7. to It was a dominant performance by the Wolverines. So far, it's kind of hard to judge UNLV on what you've seen in 2023. You can see what they run as a scheme but the opponents are so drastically different in their level of competition. UNLV is obviously outmatched against Michigan, even without Coach Harbaugh on the sideline. The talent level was so different, but that doesn't really tell you anything in the same way that them beating Bryant 44 to 14 doesn't really tell you anything. So any thoughts early on the UNLV running Rebels coached by former Missouri head coach Barry Odom? I've tried to look into this team and, their quarterback doesn't seem great, so I guess that <laughs> that bodes well for the secondary. Um, really, the only thing I knew going going into this game was that Barry Odom was their head coach and that they played at the Raiders Stadium. Yeah, uh, I've got a quote from Clark Lee here. I'll run through some key names before I get into the quote from Clark Lee about this offense from UNLV. I think he did a really good job of quickly summarizing what I watched briefly during the Michigan game. I did not watch any i'll admit it i did not watch any unlv versus bryant call me crazy i did watch a little bit of that michigan i couldn't find michigan unlv game uh their quarterback doug brumfield he's a running threat not a great passer so far on the year he only has 186 yards passing in through two games with a long of 29 yards on 37 attempts on 37 attempts 20 games 21 to 37 their backup came in in the game against michigan went nine of 13 for 108 uh, UNLV has zero touchdown passes so far on the year. They have not thrown for a touchdown pass. That's a crazy stat. That great for the doors. Good for the doors, considering that is the definite weakness. Yeah, the Achilles of heel. this defense. Even though last week against Wake Forest, they ran the ball all over Nick Al's defense. They have a running back who, well, their quarterback does run. I think he leads the team in carries. I think he has like 17 carries for 38 yards on the year. Obviously in college. 
Uh, those those sacks count as lost rushing yards. I'm not going to dig into any names because I'm just going to be talking out of my ass. I know they have a guy named Jaden Thomas leads the team in touchdowns, 13 carries, 61 yards. We don't have a lot of info on UNLV. Here is the quote from yeah. Clark Lee. I'm not sure exactly when he said it, but I wrote it down here. In quote, Clark Lee said, this is primarily an inside zone scheme that has quarterback read elements, that has option elements, and they have a little bit of gap scheme too with pullers. But we won't need to go too far from what our base is. It's more about how you key and diagnose and how you make sure you're fitting the proper leverages. So this is a run-first offense. That is good for Vanderbilt. That was basically about all the prep I needed to do is stop the run and Vanderbilt can win this game. And I think that's something that this defense can do if their focus is to stop the run. I think Clarkley showed his hand a little bit in a presser, not showed his hand, but kind of, I don't know what the right phrase is. You saw behind the curtain for a second when he gave the quote of, we would have been okay giving up 150 to 175 yards against that Wake Forest team. That would have been where we wanted to be, not 288 yards. I think that their game plan was truly, we have to stop this deep passing cross mesh mesh cross offense of Wake Forest. And the only way we're going to do that is to have multiple safeties deep. And they did that and they got exposed in the run game. You don't have to worry about that the same way against UNLV in this game. Trevor, anything you want to add before we get into our three keys of the game? Um, Yeah, I think, I think Vanderbilt has seen a predominantly run heavy offense, um, not just in Wake Forest, even though they're not a predominantly run-heavy offense. They were against Vanderbilt. Um, but in that Alabama A&M game to where that first yep. drive of the game, um, they inside zone schemed Vanderbilt literally down into the red zone. Um, so that was Vanderbilt's first time dealing with a running quarterback. And on that first drive, they it seemed like they had no way to stop him. Um, so the offensive scheme is, is a little bit different in that the Alabama A&M scheme was sort of that that like weird Auburn Gus Malzahn ran offense that they they ran for a long time. It was, it was sort of more along the lines of that. Um, this UNLV game, I don't I don't think the quarterback is is going to run as much as the Alabama and AM quarterback did, especially up the middle. Um, it seems like what they like to do is they like to go like you said uh, inside zones. A lot of the time, I did I did watch a little bit of the Michigan game, and they like to try and bounce it outside a lot. Um, Edge I contain. Yeah, yeah. I like if if that's the case, and that's what they're going to do against Vanderbilt, or at least try. I really like Vanderbilt's odds, given um they have a position dedicated to that defensive end linebacker hybrid and the star position. Um, and I think it's good that with Darren Agu back, and he does have that star position background. Um, even though he is a pass rusher. I don't know, maybe you stand him up a little bit in this game, maybe stand up both of the ends to try to contain. I don't know. I'm not sure what they have up their sleeves. Um, I think linebacker play is going to be the most important um, aspect going into this game, just making sure that they're uh, they're not getting fooled on any of these zones. Yeah, any time this entire season that I hear the words run first offense or run heavy offense or read option offense, I'm going to be happy because – we all know as Vanderbilt fans where the true weakness of this defense and team overall lies, and that's in the secondary. The inability to cover the pass and having to scheme around that, Vanderbilt doesn't have to really worry about that as much with UNLV. That doesn't mean they're not going to have explosive passing plays. We've seen, even with Alabama AM, that the most run-of-the-mill, below-average passing attack can have explosive plays through the air against Vanderbilt. 
But it's now time for me and Trevor to get into our three keys of the game. But before we get into the three keys of the Vanderbilt UNLV matchup this Saturday at what, 6 p.m.? I don't think I read off the time or the yes, network. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Uh, CBS Sports CB- Network. On CBS Sports Network, 6 p.m. did a very poor job in the intro of doing that. That's what happens when you're working in the office and not make sure you guys have that in your sports package. Cause I, I did not. And so I had to pay like the five ninety nine to paramount plus. I'll, I, I have, it. I, but I'll Should. be, I'll be gone. Oh, sure. <laughs> Touché, I'll be, I'll be watching brother. in a cabin in Gatlinburg. True, true. <laughs> like I said, before we get into me and Trevor's three keys of the game, it's now time for the still unsponsored TDR cocktail break. Someone sponsor us, please. Welcome back into episode 238 of The Door Report. Hope you have yourself a beverage sitting next to you as it's now time for me and Trevor to get into our three keys of the game and then our predictions for the Vanderbilt Commodores going on the road to Las Vegas against the UNLV running Rebels. Trevor, what's your key number one? Before I get into my key number one, are we gonna pl- are we gonna play these guys again, or is this the end of the series? I think it's the end of the series. I hope it's the end of the series. I don't want to see the UNLV run. That was another another game that nearly broke me. Yeah, was that game? I remember moving over into the completely empty student section and sitting alone because my dad said, "I cannot stand you right now. Please go away." Because <laughs> I was being I was being an ass. I deserved to go. I deserved that. I mean, you probably had a reason to act that way, though. I was and, acting horribly, as I do sometimes. It is what it is. But in this situation, it was warranted. Also, I hate the fact that it's in Las Vegas. I, which is, it's good for me because I, I won't it's be a cool in, trip. I won't be team. in Nashville. Well, they're not even staying on the strip apparently, which is good. good. I don't want do not good. stay on the strip. Have them boys as far <laughs> away from the strip of Las Vegas. Do not allow Will Shepard on the strip. No, have these no. boys in in Reno. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't even. Geographically speaking, I'm not sure how far Reno Fly is. them in day of. Yes. I don't want any of them in Vegas. I need them landing in Las Vegas at like 12 p.m. So, yeah, keep 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 the boys away from Vegas. Um, my key number one is I feel like this has been a key literally ever since Hawaii. Um, but goodness, man, you got to get something going on the ground. You have to, you have to, you have to. Against Wake Forest, only 20 rushing attempts, man. That's just not going to get the job done. Um, uh, uh, every every talking head that has access to Twitter uh, or a message board wants to talk about AJ's uh, poor performance, which we have obviously disagreed with. Um, yeah, can he clean it up? Of course, everybody can clean up whatever they're doing on on Vanderbilt's team, but AJ is the least of our problems. But for a young quarterback like that, in order to get him situated, you're going to have to have assistance in the run game. And Vanderbilt just has not opened it up outside of the Alabama AM game. But even early on, it seemed like they were having trouble trying to run the ball. Um, so I, I would love, I would love for uh, this game Saturday to be really more than anything, be a run first, predominantly run heavy game. Um, yeah, do you want to see AJ go out there and cook? Of course, everybody wants to see AJ cook. Everybody wants to see just absolute bombs to Jaden McGowan and Will Shepard. But I think what's best for this team right now is to get the run game going, get a little bit of confidence in the running back room and that backfield, and have some more continuity and confidence amongst the offensive line. I think the better the run game is, not, not I think I know, I know the better the run game is, I know the more that helps the pass game. I know how much more comfortable and how much more confidence that's going to give AJ in the passing game. 
Um, so I, th- I think you have to get the run game going this week. Um, I said it was a great week to get it started against Alabama and A&M, and they seem to. They ran for almost 200 yards, I think, or I think they ran for over 200. Um, uh, this is another great week. Need a producer. Yeah, another producer. Phoebe, just I need a stat from you. She bites my pen. Um, just get the ground game going. Um, I would love to see, of course, Cedric Alexander take predominantly most of the carries. Um, and particularly with the ground game, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump this in because as I said on the last pod, I think this is an extension of the running game. I would like to see more running back, uh, I would like to see more passes in the backfield to the running backs and get the running backs more um uh, more involved in the passing game. I think that's a, an extension of the run game, and I think it can open up things up front whenever you do that. So that's something that I would like to see. And that is my key number one for Vanderbilt versus UNLV. Great key number one for Vanderbilt versus UNLV. My key number one, yours is a little more long-winded. My keys can get long-winded sometimes. My key number one is very, very simple. Win the turnover battle. That If Vanderbilt wins the turnover battle, Vanderbilt wins this game. It is as simple as that. If they win the turnover battle in the Wake Forest game, I think they have a very good shot at winning that game. Early interception by A.J. Swan put the team on its heels very early. As soon as this team gained momentum, immediate turnover on the punt, return for a touchdown. Turnovers in the red zone against Alabama A&M. It just cannot happen on the road against UNLV. Smart decisions take the safe play. Special teams make the easy safe play. If you lose 10 to 15 yards of field position, so be it. But make the easy safe play. Win the turnover battle. Let your talent take over. This Vanderbilt team is more talented than this UNLV team. If they don't beat themselves, Vanderbilt will win this game. It may not be a blowout, like some Vanderbilt fans are hoping for. But just take care of the football and win the turnover battle. That's my key number one. Yeah, and I agree. And I think, too, as we saw in the Wake Forest game last week, um, turnovers are will absolutely crucify you, but especially when you're on the road. And I get it. Vanderbilt is going to Las Vegas. I doubt UNLV has much of a home presence at all amongst local fans, if any. I mean, it's going to feel weird in that stadium yes. because they play in the Raiders stadium. Exactly. But still... On the road, giving up turnovers when you're playing in their house, they're going to get a little bit more juice because then they're going to start to believe a little bit more as opposed to if they were on the road, I think. So I totally agree. Um, key number two, we're staying on the ground. We're staying with the offensive line. I need, I need, I need, I need to see clean pockets this game. I have a, a sneaking suspicion um, that UNLV is going to throw their all at Vanderbilt um, in in, in try by any means necessary to get AJ on the ground, to get him confused, um, get the offensive line confused. Need a clean pocket for AJ. The cleaner the pocket, the better throws he can make. The better throws he can make, the more points Vanderbilt can score. The more points Vanderbilt can score, the more likely they are to win. It's just that simple. I need a really, really clean pocket from the offensive line. Um, I don't want to see AJ hit the ground once. I don't really want to see anybody even come close to touching AJ. Um, I just need total dominance in the past pro game from the offensive line. I don't have anything necessarily about the offensive line in my keys because I don't know. It just didn't fit in my keys. But Trevor, I 100% agree with that. I want to see the offensive line be what we thought they could be at the beginning of the year because we haven't seen that yet. I'll say this. Throughout a full game, we've seen portions of it. We've seen drives. We've seen plays. We haven't seen it happen consistently yet. I thought they were really good in the Wake Forest game. I'll give them that. 
I thought I was. I was. They had I moments. Was they had moments. That's what I, they did yeah, not wanna, put together a full game, game. Yeah. and against this UNLV team that's a little bit undersized on the defensive line. Michigan kind of manhandled them. I know Vanderbilt's offensive line is not Memphis or Michigan's offensive line. I know this, but they should not have trouble containing UNLV's defensive line, minus maybe a couple uh, miscommunication errors. But mm, yeah, my key number two. Disruption and pressure, something we have not seen from Vanderbilt's defensive line throughout this whole year, especially throughout a game. You've seen glimpses, but you definitely haven't seen it put together for even a full quarter this season. We had high hopes for this defensive line going into the season. We haven't seen it come to fruition yet. Darren Agu, first game back against Wake Forest, getting his feet under him. I'm expecting a breakout game for Darren Agu against UNLV, Devin, Devin Lee. Uh, dude, I, I'm completely, yeah, I'm completely blanking on names. It has been a very long day, but create disruption. Yeah. Create disruption and pressure. This is a read option run offense that relies on timing, pulling guards. If you can fill those gaps before the guards can fill those gaps, then you're going to disrupt this UNLV offense, create turnovers, create negative plays, get the ball back in the hands of AJ Swan quickly. Don't tire out that Vanderbilt defensive front, create pressure and disruption. The sack numbers might not be fantastic against UNLV. They do have an athletic quarterback that likes to get outside the pocket, but the tackles for loss against UNLV should be a minimum of eight. That's going to be a goal for this game is eight plus tackles for loss as a team for Vanderbilt minimum. Give me a projected stat line for Darren Agu this game. See, that's kind of tough because I think his impact could be the disruption part. I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily the first guy making the play every time against this UNLV team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just watching them, it's a lot of pull the ball late, read option, option stuff. But if he's able to disrupt the timing of those plays and then C.J. Taylor can shoot in behind Langston, Kane, Ethan Barr, whoever's in the game can shoot in behind the initial disruption created by that defensive line, I think that's when Vanderbilt can dominate this game on the uh, defensive side of the ball. I'll say this. I don't know about sacks, but I'll predict that Darren Agu has two tackles for loss. I like that. I'll I like predict that. that. I think CJ Taylor is going to have a hell of a game. I mean, every game that he steps on every the field, game, he has every a, hell game's of a, game. a hell of a game. That's the easiest prediction even his, even his rough games, which if you wanted to nitpick, he did miss a couple tackles versus Wake Forest. But even his rough games, he's like leading the team at tackles. He's still, the best. he's still the best player on the defense. He's the best far. player on the team. Yep. Well, him or Will Shepard? I'd go CJ. I'm going to say right now, it's only because I think, and this is maybe a motivation for Will Shepard, I think there are moments that Will takes plays off that you don't see 100% effort out of Will Shepard. Maybe that's just part of his style. But CJ Taylor's 100% go every time he's on that damn field. Did you see that one tweet on Twitter to where somebody said that? Mm. Somebody was at the Vanderbilt game and they made a tweet, and I said it in the group chat. I... I, if I could remember his username, I would, I would shout him out. But he was like, after spending $1,000 to go to Vanderbilt Wake Forest, he's like, I have a couple takeaways. Will Shepard is lazy. He takes plays off. This, I swear to God, I, I, this tweet has stuck with me all week. It's pissed me off. He said, Will Shepard is lazy. He takes plays off. Um, he said, uh, Derricky Wright was like a rock in sand or something like that. Or like he looks like he was stuck in sand and he didn't belong in the field. He had an ankle injury. Which even <laughs> with being stuck in sand, he looked like a goon. Um he obviously made a comment about B.J. Anderson, and 
I think he said something about AJ, but I'm forgetting. But I remember reading that. And I was like, dude, what an yeah, idiot. No, dude, that's, not, to talk about that's not really what I meant. I didn't mean he was a low effort player fully. Oh, I just like straight up called him. He's like, he's like, he's a lazy football yeah, player. Yeah, no, I just meant sometimes Will Shepard's not 100% engaged in the game. And I think that comes just with having a real dominant wide receiver. You see that with the most dominant wide receivers in the entire NFL occasionally running the wrong route you know, demanding the ball, whatever it is. So I kind of take back what I said, but I didn't mean it as much of an insult as maybe it, it came out. I was wondering if you, if you saw that tweet, because the guy said like the exact same thing. He's like, he's lazy. He takes plays off. I was like, okay, bro. All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean it like that. I just mean, Clark Lee even made a comment about a miscommunication that, that Will Shepard had running the incorrect route. And they had a quote unquote discussion about that. God, I love Will Shepard. Yeah, I love. I just said he was the best player on the no, team. No, no, that no, was no, all. I'm not, I'm not dogging. You. I'm not dogging you at all. I'm just like sitting here thinking about how much I love Will Shepard. All of this started because you said you think CJ Player is the best player on the team, and I said no, I think Will Shepard's the best player. Well, on the no, team. and and then and then I thought you were talking about that one tweet that I brought no, up, and I was like, no. is he talking about that tweet? Because my issue is what he said about Derecky Wright, and I was like, or maybe okay. maybe I saw it in the unconscious part of my mind, and then it just came into me as a thought you know know who said that sigmund freud you have unconscious thoughts and they come out you had a freudian slip freudian slip freudian slip we won't bring that psychology in. we won't talk about the mom stuff um (laughs) am i on key number three what am i on (laughs) key number three key number three okay so my key number three was actually what your key number two was in pressure um particularly with blitzes but but pressure in general so i actually nixed that my key number three is going to be high IQ linebacker play um, with this offense, with this zone run scheme. Um, the the linebackers eyes are going to have to be very, very good. You, you can't be too. I, I like how how jumpy some of the linebackers are. I, th- I like how how twitchy they are. I think that's a good instinct, but. I think in this game, you're going to have to be really patient. You're really, really going to have to train your eyes on the ball. Um, make sure you know where the ball is going before you jump. Um, unless you've seen something on film and you're sure of it and you want to make a heads-up play, that's awesome. That's what film sessions are for. Um, but high IQ linebacker play is, is going to uh, is, is going to win this win this game for Vanderbilt on defense. Um, like you said with the defensive line, I, I would like for them to get pressure on the quarterback. I would like for them to collapse the pockets and collapse the run lanes. Um, but just the more I watch Vanderbilt football, particularly on the defense, it's in it is frustrating. But the defensive line is just particularly the interior seems as though they're not there to create pressure, um, which is what I'm used to watching Philadelphia Eagles football is a sack monster and Fletcher Cox. But they're just there to eat up men and let the linebackers hit the hole hard. Um, I hope I hope I hope I hope. Um, the defensive line can do this, can allow the linebackers to play very free this game. I'm glad you hit on the defense one more time because neither of us hit on the secondary as I think a lot of hope has been lost. But my key number three, I agree with your, basically my key number two. Yeah, but my key number three is actually take what the UNLV defense gives you. This is talking to Joey Lynch. This is talking to AJ Swan. You have playmakers. Get the ball to them in space at or near the line of scrimmage in one-on-one situations, kind of like what you said, Trevor, in your key number one, an extension of the run game. 
Get Jaden McGowan, Will Shepard, Quincy, Junior Cheryl, London Humphreys, Patrick Smith, Cedric Alexander, Chase Gillespie, any of those guys on the same type of play you ran to Justin Ball, play two against Wake Forest. Just do that over and over. Eventually, Vanderbilt's athletes are going to win out. Vanderbilt's team has more athletes on it than UNLV. Vanderbilt was a 5-7 and seven team last season playing in the SEC. UNLV was a 5-7 and seven team last season playing in the Mountain West Conference. This should not be a discussion if Vanderbilt is on the trajectory, even after the Wake Forest loss, that we think they are on. Unless Clark Lee and Barton Simmons have truly been feeding out to the world absolute bullshit, this Vanderbilt team should be able to overtake UNLV eventually in this game, and we'll get to this in our predictions. I'm not saying a blowout, but these athletes overall should be able to take over against the UNLV running Rebels, much like we have seen in recent years with SEC teams athletes just winning out against Vanderbilt. It doesn't matter scheme. It's not about the X's and the O's. Most of the time, it's about the Jimmies and the Joes. And in this game, Vanderbilt's got the Jimmies and the Joes. There's no doubt. So, Trevor, I think that moves us. Bars. Bars. I think that moves us into our prediction time. What do you got? Vanderbilt 2-1, and one, UNLV 1-1. One and one. Vanderbilt travels to Vegas to take on the Running Rebels. Trevor Hewlin's prediction right now. Before I get my prediction, I, I also want to shout out and just in in this has been this has been a, sh- a shorter episode because we don't know much about the UNLV Rebels, um, but a little story time is uh <laughs> is we tried to get access. We asked two people. You, <laughs> I just found out about this. I didn't know Trevor's reaching out like this. Uh, we tried to get access. We asked a couple people in Vanderbilt if they. <laughs> If they could hook us up with uh with all twenty two footage. Stop saying us. <laughs> I asked a couple of people with the Vanderbilt football program. I said, "Hey, I know this is a long shot, but how difficult or how possible would it be for me to get some access to some all twenty two footage? I'll sign a contract if I have to. Let me know." And I got two very stern. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Understandably. <laughs> no, I get it. I totally that's get insane. it. That's insane. No, I totally get it. Like, there's no way. They're probably looking at like this absolutely insane, unhinged loser podcaster wants access to maybe our most precious resources. He's just, he's I just, just, I love it's ball. just because he doesn't know ball. Hack oh, Squat don't know ball. So yeah. he's trying to learn Thanks, more Mario. about ball. And now. Now he can't get access to the footage he needs. So how's he going to learn ball when he can't even get the all twenty-two footage? I would I would get the all twenty-two footage if Arya Gerson did not start this lie that I don't know ball. Don't know ball. <laughs> you don't even know how depth charts work, idiot. I don't know how depth it's charts. It's just work. a rough draft that you don't have to stick to it. Hey, dude, did you know that it's just it's it's just like a pitcher probability in baseball? Did you what? know that? No. I, no, I just found that. I out. thought that the guys had to play in that order until they took themselves off the field. No, yeah. What? Wow. You're telling me that that's just given out to media and fans as a guide, but it's not necessarily 100% the coach's real game plan? Mm. Are you serious? Yeah. You're blowing my mind. Well, Holy yeah. Shit. Also, traditionally, depth charts for as long as we've been using them, the one is the starter, the two is the backup. Apparently, that's not the case now. What? 
it's just yeah breaking it's not news. how it works nope she was like yeah you should just use it as as a guide for players so i'm like i literally know this roster like the freaking back of my hand i'm insane you I, we are insane yes. but you think we don't know how depth charts work or what he i walked in home from work today and trevor was just watching espn news <laughs> I, the Pat McAfee show. I don't I didn't even know that channel was still live. I didn't know that was a real channel anymore. It's just another ESPN broadcast with more shit around the edges. Just Bet, betting lines in yeah, every corner. If you've watched small person. Yeah, if you've ever middle. watched like TikTok or Instagram reels when they have like the roller coaster underneath the actual video, or, or, um, that's uh, what uh, ESPN yeah. news is for you if you're autistic about sports. So I walked in and Trevor was just watching ESPN news. Like, Jesus Christ. I was watching the Pat McAfee show. It's Understandable. Great show. News, but they were still blasting the gambling lines all the quarters. I'm just trying to watch the Pat McAfee show. Um, Predictions. Yeah. But, yeah, we tried to get all 22 footage for you guys, and we got a stern no from two different parties. I understand. I'm not mad. I wouldn't give myself all 22 footage. Um, I'm a lot more positive about this game than I was earlier this week, to be honest. Whenever we, as everybody knows, whenever we did the recap, we were super, super down, rightfully so. Um I thought I would be way more down on this game than I am, and I think it is just my unbridled optimism. Um, I'm hoping so. I, I can see this going two ways. One one way is it's going to go the way that we think that most of us think it's going to go, and that we have seen three really sloppy games from this Vanderbilt team, and we're going to see another close, ugly win, hopefully a win, um, by this Vanderbilt team. I tell you what, man, the more I think about that Wake Forest game, the more that I think it probably served as a wake-up call to this team that they can't just go out there and just lollygag and win ball games. I think that Wake Forest loss may sort of serve as a wake-up call to this team, and I think this is going to be the first game all season that we see a complete game from this Vanderbilt football team in all four quarters. So I'm going to go Vanderbilt 45, UNLV 10. Wow. I think we see a very complete game from this Vanderbilt team, this Vanderbilt coaching staff. It's funny how last week I also said I could see this game going one of two ways. And I said I could see Vanderbilt getting dominated and losing by two-plus scores. In this UNLV game? No, no, no. In the the Wake Forest Forest game. This is my last week prediction, or I could see Vanderbilt winning. I chose to see through the gold-colored glasses. And you chose. And I chose to see through your. You chose your, to see through the pessimistic no, glasses. I, I looked through the gold color. You looked through the black color. This week, I'm looking through the black colored glasses. We're so back. However, the black colored glasses are still a Vanderbilt victory that covers the spread. <laughs> I I really think Vegas has messed up. I I don't understand. You smell a rat. There's something weird with this line. There's no way Vanderbilt should have been only a two point favorite. I think this game could be one of those that it's a tie ball game or Vanderbilt only leads by three or trails by three at halftime. But I, after starting to prep for this UNLV game, I hope you're right with the full game of domination. I think Vanderbilt will lead at half, but it's going to be a relatively tight game. And I think Vanderbilt pulls away in the late third, fourth quarter. Doors win 35-17. to It doesn't absolve all the issues we have with this team. UNLV is able to break open a couple big plays throughout the game. There's not a ton of pressure and disruption, but ultimately I think Vanderbilt's athletes are just better. 
than UNLV's. Yep. They just are. That's not a great prediction. It is maybe not the most black or gold colored lenses. I think it's just a realistic one. Doors 35, UNLV 17. I think team three moves to a relatively disappoint. I, I, I want to emphasize that this is not like a feel good 35, 17. This is oh, it. Never. It, it's not, it's not, that it's you, not a garbage time. 17. Yeah. This is like Vanderbilt really pulls away kind of late type okay. of type kinda of game. like the Bama and M game. Uh, yeah, or worse. I mean, it's a different level. UNLV is better than Alabama and M. Yeah. So I think it plays out kind of similar. Okay. Like I think it's like that, but extend that out to it's a Mountain West team and not an FCS program. And so that's how I see this game playing out. I do think it serves as a wake up call. Uh, that Wake Forest game did serve as a wake up call, no matter what Jalen Mahoney said. But I do think that this team kind of knows who they are, and I think they just played a bad game against Wake Forest. I think they know they haven't played their best ball yet. And I think that they can come out and do that. I hope that my prediction is wrong, and I hope your prediction is right. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of the season, until they show me, until this Vanderbilt football team shows me that they can put together four quarters of well-executed and well-coached football, I'm in, I'll believe it, when I see it mode right now for this team. So I'm still predicting a win. The season is not over. Wins are on the horizon, I believe. I still think this program is moving in the right direction. I just think the gears of change move slowly and the wheels of change turn slowly. And right now we're feeling that Dave Clawson has established a very good program at Wake Forest. I think I undervalued that. It's taken him 10 years. I think I undervalued that in my evaluation of that game. Shout out to Wake Forest. They were better than Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt shot themselves in the foot. You can read off the stats, but Wake Forest did not make the same mistakes that Vanderbilt made. And ultimately, football is a game of inches. And when you make those mistakes, you lose. If Vanderbilt can avoid literally turning a handgun and shooting both of their big toes off throughout this UNLV game, <laughs> they win. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not one hundred. I'm not betting a thousand dollars on Vanderbilt money line. Like I'm 100% sure it's going to happen, but I'm 90% right now. And that's about as sure as I can possibly be of a Vanderbilt victory after that wake forest performance. And honestly, the first three performances we've seen out of this team, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but it hasn't exactly been stellar in my eyes. No, it has not been stellar. And and once again, here I come with my gold color lenses, even as negative as I was last week or this week, I guess last week and this week. Um, if Vanderbilt wins, which I think all of us, yeah, have one, all of us expect them to do. It'll be week three of the college football season and Vanderbilt will be halfway to a bowl game. So I think we need to remember that it'll be week three and I get tougher games are on the horizon, but we will be halfway there. So I think we should also take that into consideration. I think we try to toe the fine line here at the door report as we close out episode 238. We, we also have to hit the Zins with our finals. Oh yeah. My final score, Vanderbilt 35, UNLV 17. And then I was Vanderbilt 45, UNLV 10. 
There we go. There we go. The Zen button has spoken. The Zen button has spoken, even though our predictions have not been great. We'll have to go back and I'm listen. I'm undefeated on the season, by the way, with you my are. predictions. Yeah, you are 100% undefeated. So the Doors are going to win this But I, what I really want to do is not just do wins and losses, but also add in, like, margin, like, between, like, Vandy score and opponent score. We should go back. I was and, pretty close. You were. Margin. No, no, you were very. You've been very accurate. I'm just saying we need to start keeping up with that. We should go back, and after we upload this, I'll go back and record all of our predictions. Yes. No. But uh, we'll definitely write them down because mine have not been good thus far. I am two and one, but uh, I don't I haven't listened to what my Wake Forest prediction was because I don't want to see that joy and hope in my voice before the 36 to 20 disappointing performance. Do we want to do fan predictions? Uh, no, I'm very tired. That's fine. We'll read those. We'll read everybody. Those. Yeah. Vanderbilt win. Every I didn't see anything outside of one UNLV fan predicting Vanderbilt to win, basically summarizing what we had said, which yeah. is, you know feeling nervy, not feeling super confident, but maybe this can be a bounce back game. I think we kind of echoed the sentiment between the both of us, but before mostly we close out, Vanderbilt wins. Before we close out, I'll ask you this last question. If we get a Vanderbilt blowout, like I'm predicting, what are the vibes going into next week, the 23rd? High, but not as high as they could be. If See, you, we can't look at it that. We can't you know, look at it, what they could have No, been. no, 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 no. I'm not saying they won't be high. I am saying it is, okay, it's undeniable like, it's kind of like Alabama losing to Texas, okay? It's a different level, obviously, of hope. But you have changed the narrative of this entire season. Is now you have a bounce-back loss that this changed the trajectory of the season. It's not going in the way that was a real possibility to be undefeated going into SEC play with three straight winnable SEC games on the horizon. That storyline's gone now. So the vibes will be up. The vibes will be high. The energy will be there drinking manmosas. But you would be lying to yourself and lying to everyone if you said the vibes would be the exact same going into that Kentucky game as they could have been if Vanderbilt had beaten Wake Forest last week. I think the vibes still are going to be absolutely unhinged. If we get a uh, if we get a blowout win, yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, obviously, undefeated is is per, like everybody wants to be undefeated. But if we're three and one with a blowout win going into Kentucky, as soon as the gates open at seven o'clock, I think you're going to be a dog off the leash. No, I will be there. I'm just saying the overall energy is different when you're four and zero, oh, potentially pulling yourself to within one game of a bowl berth, versus going into it three and one and still needing three SEC victories to put yourself into a bowl game. I think that Wake Forest game changes the trajectory and outlook of the rest of the season. I'm going to be going into that Kentucky game less with the Kentucky, Missouri, and Florida, that stretch less with the mindset of, all right, we just got to pull off one of these or versus we have Vanderbilt has to win two out of those three. See, I think, and this is the, once again, me with the goal, I think the attitude of having your back against the wall raises the stakes and raises like like going in being like i'm hey, not saying i'm no 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 no, no. I, I, but i think it's like a different vibe like i think like you're going in and you're like like it's not do or die but you're going Hungry in there with, you're going in there with the mentality of it's like it's do or die you gotta baby. do it that's so so i think that sort of gives it a, a unique vibe but before we write off unlv vanderbilt is only a four-point favorite over the unlv We're running rebels the on the road guys. Vanderbilt has to win this game first. Do not overlook this game. For myself, Trevor Hool. Oh, my Max about not to die. Myself, Trevor Hool, and your computer's. Yeah, about to sorry, die. we have to cut this. <laughs> For myself, Will Byram, and my co-host Trevor Hool, and this has been 
episode 238 of The Door Report, powered by Corey Perkins of Parks Realty.